Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 5, Texts 22 through 34. Text 22 After the incarnation of the first Purusha, Karnadakshai Vishnu, the Mahatattva, or the principles of material creation, take place. And then, time is manifested, and in course of time, the three qualities appear. Nature means the three qualitative appearances. They transform into activities. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda By the omnipotency of the Supreme Lord, the whole material creation evolves by the process of transformation and reactions, one after another. And by the same omnipotency, they are wound up again, one after another, and conserved in the body of the Supreme. Kāla, or time, is the synonym of nature and is transformed manifestation of the principles of material creation. As such, Kala may be taken as the first cause of all creation, and by transformation of nature, different activities of the material world become visible. These activities may be taken up as a natural instinct of each and every living being, or even inert objects. And after the manifestation of activities, there are varieties of products and byproducts of the same nature. Originally, these are all due to the Supreme Lord. The Vedanta Sutras and the Bhagavatam thus begin with the absolute truth as the beginning of all creations. Janmadya Asya Yataha. Text 23. Material activities are caused by the Mahatattvas being agitated. At first, there is transformation of the modes of goodness and passion, and later, due to the mode of ignorance, matter, its knowledge, and different activities of material knowledge come into play. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Material creations of every description are more or less due to the development of the mode of passion, rajas. The Mahatattva is the principle of material creation, and when it is agitated by the will of the Supreme, 
At first, the modes of passion and goodness are prominent, and afterwards, the mode of passion, being generated in due course by material activities of different varieties, becomes prominent, and the living entities are thus involved more and more in ignorance. Brahma is the representation of the mode of passion, and Vishnu is the representation of the mode of goodness, while the mode of ignorance is represented by Lord Shiva, the father of material activities. Material nature is called the mother, and the initiator for materialistic life is the father, Lord Shiva. All material creation by the living entities is therefore initiated by the mode of passion. With the advancement of the duration of life in a particular millennium, the different modes act by gradual development. In the age of Kali, when the mode of passion is most prominent, material activities of different varieties in the name of advancement of human civilization take place and the living entities become more and more involved in forgetting their real identity, the spiritual nature. By a slight cultivation of the mode of goodness, a glimpse of spiritual nature is perceived. But due to the prominence of the mode of passion, the mode of goodness becomes adulterated. Therefore, one cannot transcend the limits of the material modes, and therefore realization of the Lord, who is always transcendental to the modes of material nature, becomes very difficult for the living entities. Even though prominently situated in the mode of goodness, through cultivation of various methods. In other words, the gross matters are adibhutam, their maintenance is adidaivam, and the initiator of material activities is called adiyatmam. In the material world, these three principles act as prominent features, namely, as raw material, its regular supplies, and its use in different varieties of material creations for sense enjoyment by the bewildered entities. Text 24 The self-centered materialistic ego, thus being transformed into three features, becomes known as the mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance in three divisions, namely, the powers that evolve matter, knowledge of material creations, and the intelligence that guides such materialistic activities. Narada, you are quite competent to understand this. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Materialistic ego, or the sense of identification with matter, is grossly self-centered, devoid of clear knowledge of the existence of God. And this self-centered egoism of the materialistic living entities is the cause of their being conditioned by other paraphernalia and continuing their bondage of material existence. 
In the Bhagavad Gita, this self-centered egoism is very nicely explained in the seventh chapter, verses 24 through 27. The self-centered impersonalist, without a clear conception of the personality of Godhead, concludes in his own way that the personality of Godhead takes a material shape from his original impersonal spiritual existence for a particular mission. And this misleading conception of the Supreme Lord by the self-centered impersonalist continues, even though he is seen to be very interested in Vedic literatures, such as the Brahma Sutras and other highly intellectual sources of knowledge. This ignorance of the personal feature of the Lord is due simply to ignorance of the mixture of different modes. The impersonalist thus cannot conceive of the Lord's eternal spiritual form of eternal knowledge, bliss, and existence. The reason is that the Lord reserves the right of not exposing himself to the non-devotee, who, even after a thorough study of literature like the Bhagavad Gita, remains an impersonalist simply by obstinacy. This obstinacy is due to the action of Yogamaya, a personal energy of the Lord that acts like an aide-de-camp by covering the vision of the obstinate impersonalist. Such a bewildered human being is described as mudha, or grossly ignorant, because he is unable to understand the transcendental form of the Lord as being unborn and unchangeable. If the Lord takes a form or material shape from his original impersonal feature, then it means that he is born and changeable from impersonal to personal. But he is not changeable, nor does he ever take a new birth like a conditioned soul. The conditioned soul may take a form birth after birth due to his conditioned existence in matter. But the self-centered impersonalists, by their gross ignorance, accept the Lord as one of them because of self-centered egoism, even after so-called advancement of knowledge in the Vedanta. The Lord, being situated in the heart of every individual living entity, knows very well the tendency of such conditioned souls in terms of past, present, and future. But the bewildered, conditioned soul hardly can know him in his eternal form. By the will of the Lord, therefore, the impersonalist, even after knowing the Brahman and Paramatma features of the Lord, remains ignorant of his eternal personal feature as ever-existent Narayan, transcendental to all material creation. The cause of such gross ignorance is constant engagement by the materialistic man in the matter of artificially increasing material demands. To realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one has to purify the materialistic senses by devotional service. The mode of goodness, or the Brahminical culture, recommended in the Vedic literatures, is helpful to such spiritual realization. And thus the Gyan Shakti stage of the conditioned soul is comparatively better than the other two stages, namely Dravya Shakti and Kriya Shakti.
The whole material civilization is manifested by a huge accumulation of materials, or in other words, raw materials for industrial purposes, and the industrial enterprises, Kriya Shakti, are all due to gross ignorance of spiritual life. In order to rectify the great anomaly of materialistic civilization, based on the principles of Dravya Shakti and Kriya Shakti, one has to adopt the process of devotional service of the Lord by adoption of the principles of Karma Yoga mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, 927, as follows. Yat karosi yadashnasi, yajahosi dadasi yat, yat tapasyasi kalteya, tat karusva mad arpanam. O son of Kunti, all that you do, all that you eat, all that you offer and give away, as well as all austerities that you may perform, should be done as an offering unto me. Text 25 From the darkness of false ego, the first of the five elements, namely the sky, is generated. Its subtle form is the quality of sound, exactly as the seer is in relationship with the seen. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The five elements, namely sky, air, fire, water, and earth, are all but different qualities of the darkness of false ego. This means that the false ego, in the sum total form of the Mahatattva, is generated from the marginal potency of the Lord. And due to this false ego, of lording it over the material creation, ingredients are generated for the false enjoyment of the living being. The living being is practically the dominating factor over the material elements as the enjoyer, though the background is the Supreme Lord. Factually, save and accept the Lord, no one can be called the enjoyer, but the living entity falsely desires to become the enjoyer, this is the origin of false ego. When the bewildered living being desires this, the shadow elements are generated by the will of the Lord, and the living entities are allowed to run after them as after a phantasmagoria. It is said that the first tanmatra sound is created, and then the sky. And in this verse it is confirmed that actually it is so. But sound is the subtle form of the sky, and this distinction is like between the seer and the seen. The sound is the representation of the actual object, as the sound produced speaking of the object gives an idea of the description of the object. Therefore, sound is the subtle characteristic of the object. Similarly, Sound representation of the Lord, in terms of his characteristics, is the complete form of the Lord, as was seen by Vasudev and Maharaj Dasara 
the fathers of Lord Krishna and Lord Ram. The sound representation of the Lord is non-different from the Lord himself, because the Lord and his representation in sound are absolute knowledge. Lord Chaitanya has instructed us that in the holy name of the Lord, as sound representation of the Lord, all the potencies of the Lord are invested. Thus one can immediately enjoy the association of the Lord by the pure vibration of sound representation of his holy name. And the concept of the Lord is immediately manifested before the pure devotee. A pure devotee, therefore, is not aloof from the Lord, even for a moment. The holy name of the Lord, as recommended in the Shastras, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, may therefore be constantly chanted by the devotee, aspiring to be constantly in touch with the Supreme Lord. One who is thus able to associate with the Lord is sure to be delivered from the darkness of the created world, which is a product of false ego. Tasmai ma jyotir gama. Texts 26 through 29. Because the sky is transformed, the air is generated with the quality of touch. And by previous succession, the air is also full of sound and the basic principles of duration of life, sense perception, mental power, and bodily strength. When the air is transformed in course of time and nature's course, fire is generated, taking shape with the sense of touch and sound. Since fire is also transformed, there is a manifestation of water, full of juice and taste. As previously, it also has form and touch and is also full of sound. And water, being transformed from all variegatedness on earth, appears odorous and, as previously, becomes qualitatively full of juice, touch, sound, and form, respectively. Purport by Srila Prabhupada the whole process of creation is an act of gradual evolution and development from one element to another, reaching up to the variegatedness of the earth, as so many trees, plants, mountains, rivers, reptiles, birds, animals, and varieties of human beings. The quality of sense perception is also evolutionary, namely, generated from sound, then touch, and from touch to form. Taste and odor are also generated, along with the gradual development of sky, air, fire, water, and earth. They are all mutually the cause and effect of one another, 
but the original cause is the Lord himself in plenary portion as Mahavishnu, lying in the causal water of the Mahatattva. As such, Lord Krishna is described in the Brahma Samhita as the cause of all causes, and this is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 10.8, as follows. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matak sarvam pavartate eti matva bhajante mam bhutva bhava samanvita. The qualities of sense perception are fully represented in the earth, and they are manifested in other elements to a lesser extent. In the sky, there is sound only, whereas in the air, there are sound and touch. In the fire, there are sound, touch, and shape. And in the water, there is taste also, along with the other perceptions, namely sound, touch, and shape. In earth, however, there are all the above-mentioned qualities, with an extra development of odor also. Therefore, on the earth there is a full display of variegatedness of life, which is originally started with the basic principle of air. Diseases of the body take place due to the derangement of air within the earthly body of the living beings. Mental diseases result from special derangement of the air within the body. And as such, yogic exercise is especially beneficial to keep the air in order so that diseases of the body become almost nil by such exercises. When they are properly done, the duration of life also increases, and one can have control over death also by such practices. A perfect yogi can have command over death and quit the body at the right moment, when he is competent to transfer himself to a suitable planet. The bhakti yogi, however, surpasses all the yogis, because, by dint of his devotional service, he is promoted to the region beyond the material sky and is placed in one of the planets in the spiritual sky by the supreme will of the Lord, the controller of everything. Text 30 from the mode of goodness, the mind is generated and becomes manifest, as also the ten demigods controlling the bodily movements. Such demigods are known as the controller of the directions, the controller of air, the sun god, the father of Daksha Prajapati, the Asvini Kumars, the fire god, the king of heaven, the worshipable deity in heaven, the chief of the Adityas, and Brahmaji, the Prajapati, all come into existence. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Vaikarika is the neutral stage of creation and Tejas is the initiative of creation, while Tamas 
is the full display of material creation under the spell of the darkness of ignorance. Manufacture of the so-called necessities of life in factories and workshops, excessively prominent in this age of Kali, or in the age of the machine, is the summit stage of the quality of darkness. Such manufacturing enterprises by human society are in the mode of darkness, because factually there is no necessity for the commodities manufactured. Human society primarily requires food for subsistence, shelter for sleeping, defense for protection, and commodities for satisfaction of the senses. The senses are the practical signs of life, as will be explained in the next verse. Human civilization is meant for purifying the senses, and objects of sense satisfaction should be supplied as much as absolutely required, but not for aggravating artificial sensory needs. Food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification are all needs in material existence. Otherwise, in his pure, uncontaminated state of original life, the living entity has no such needs. The needs are therefore artificial, and in the pure state of life there are no such needs. As such, increasing the artificial needs, as is the standard of material civilization, or advancing the economic development of human society, is a sort of engagement in darkness, without knowledge. By such engagement, human energy is spoiled, because human energy is primarily meant for purifying the senses in order to engage them in satisfying the senses of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord, being the supreme possessor of spiritual senses, is the master of the senses, Rishikesh. Rishika means the senses, and Isha means the master. The Lord is not the servant of the senses, or in other words, he is not directed by the dictation of the senses, but the conditioned souls, or the individual living entities, are servants of the senses. They are conducted by the direction or dictation of the senses, and therefore material civilization is a kind of engagement in sense gratification only. The standard of human civilization should be to cure this disease of sense gratification, and one can do this simply by becoming an agent for satisfying the spiritual senses of the Lord. The senses are never to be stopped in their engagements, but one should purify them by engaging them in the pure service of sense gratification of the master of the senses. This is the instruction of the whole Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna wanted, first of all, to satisfy his own senses, by his decision not to fight with his kinsmen and friends. But Lord Sri Krishna taught him the Bhagavad Gita just to purify Arjuna's decision for sense gratification. Therefore, Arjuna agreed to satisfy the senses of the Lord, and thus he fought the battle of Kurukshetra, as the Lord desired. The Vedas instruct us to get out of the existence of darkness and go forward on the path of light, 
tasmai ma jutir gama. The path of light is, therefore, to satisfy the senses of the Lord. Misguided men, or less intelligent men, follow the path of self-realization without any attempt to satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord by following the path shown by Arjuna and other devotees of the Lord. On the contrary, they artificially try to stop the activities of the senses, the yoga system, or they deny the transcendental senses of the Lord, Gyan system. The devotees, however, are above the yogis and the gyanis, because pure devotees do not deny the senses of the Lord. They want to satisfy the senses of the Lord. Only because of the darkness of ignorance do the yogis and gyanis deny the senses of the Lord, and thus artificially try to control the activities of the diseased senses. In the diseased condition of the senses, there is too much engagement in the senses in increasing material needs. When one comes to see the disadvantage of aggravating the sense activities, one is called a gani. And when one tries to stop the activities of the senses by the practice of yogic principles, he is called a yogi. But when one is fully aware of the transcendental senses of the Lord and tries to satisfy his senses, one is called a devotee of the Lord. The devotees of the Lord do not try to deny the senses of the Lord, nor do they artificially stop the actions of the senses. But they do voluntarily engage the purified senses in the service of the master of the senses, as was done by Arjuna, thereby easily attaining the perfection of satisfying the Lord, the ultimate goal of all perfection. Text 31. By further transformation of the mode of passion, the sense organs, like the ear, skin, nose, eyes, tongue, mouth, hands, genitals, legs, and the outlet for evacuating, together with intelligence and living energy, are all generated. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The living condition in material existence depends, more or less, on one's intelligence and powerful living energy. Intelligence to counteract the hard struggle for existence is assisted by the senses for acquiring knowledge, and the living energy maintains himself by manipulating the active organs, like the hands and legs. But on the whole, the struggle for existence is an exertion of the mode of passion. Therefore, all the sense organs, headed by intelligence and the living energy, pran, are different products and byproducts of the second mode of nature called passion. This mode of passion, however, is the product of the air element, as described before.
Text 32 O Narda, best of the transcendentalists, the forms of the body cannot take place as long as these created parts, namely the elements, senses, mind, and modes of nature, are not assembled. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The different types of bodily construction of the living entities are exactly like different types of motor cars manufactured by assembling the allied motor parts. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, 1861. The living entity is as if seated on the machine of the body, and the car of the body is moving by the control of material nature, just as the railway trains are moving under the direction of the controller. The living entities, however, are not the bodies. They are separate from the cars of the body. But less intelligent material scientists cannot understand the process of assembling the parts of the body, namely the senses, the mind, and the qualities of the material modes. Every living entity is a spiritual spark, part and parcel of the Supreme Being. And by the kindness of the Lord, for the Father is kind to his sons, the living beings are given a little freedom to act according to their will, to lord it over the material nature. Just as a father gives some playthings to the crying child to satisfy him, the whole material creation is made possible by the will of the Lord to allow the bewildered living entities to lord it over things as they desire, although under the control of the agent of the Lord. The living entities are exactly like small children playing in the material field under control of the maidservant of the Lord, nature. They accept the maya, or the maidservant, as all in all, and thus wrongly conceive of the supreme truth to be feminine, goddess Durga, etc. The foolish, childlike materialists cannot reach beyond the conception of the maidservant, material nature. But the intelligent grown-up sons of the Lord know well that all the acts of material nature are controlled by the Lord, just as a maidservant is under the control of the master, the father of the undeveloped children. The parts of the body, such as the senses, are the creation of the Mahatattva, and when they are assembled by the will of the Lord, the material body comes into existence, and the living entity is allowed to use it for further activities. This is explained as follows. Text 33 Thus, when all these became assembled by the force of the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this universe certainly came into being by accepting both the primary and secondary causes of creation. Report by Srila Prabhupada In this verse, 
it is clearly mentioned that the Supreme Personality of Godhead exerts his different energies in the creation. It is not that he himself is transformed into material creations. He expands himself by his different energies, as well as by his plenary portions. In a corner of the spiritual sky of the Brahma Jyoti, a spiritual cloud sometimes appears, and the covered portion is called the Mahatattva. The Lord, then, by his plenary portion as Mahavishnu, lies down within the water of the Mahatattva, and the water is called the causal ocean, Karna Jal. While Mahavishnu sleeps within the causal ocean, innumerable universes are generated along with his breathing. These universes are floating, and they are scattered all over the causal ocean. They stay only during the breathing period of Mahavishnu. In each and every universal globe, the same Mahavishnu enters again as Garbhodakshaya Vishnu and lies down there on the serpent-like Sesha incarnation. From his navel sprouts a lotus stem, and on the lotus, Brahma, the lord of the universe, is born. Brahma creates all forms of living beings of different shapes in terms of different desires within the universe. He also creates the sun, moon, and other demigods. Therefore, the chief engineer of the material creation is the Lord himself, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.10. It is he only who directs the material nature to produce all sorts of moving and non-moving creations. There are two modes of material creation. The creation of the collective universes, as stated above, done by Mahavishnu, and the creation of the single universe. Both are done by the Lord, and thus the universal shape, as we can see, takes place. Text 34 Thus, all the universes remained thousands of eons within the water, the causal ocean, and the Lord of the living beings, entering in each of them, caused them to be fully animated. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda The Lord is described here as the jīva, because he is the leader of all the other jivas, or living entities. In the Vedas, he is described as the nitya, the leader of all other nityas. The Lord's relation with the living entities is like that of the Father with the sons. The sons and the Father are qualitatively equal, but the Father is never the Son, nor is the Son ever the Father who begets. So, as described above, the Lord, as Garbhodakshaya Vishnu, or Hiranyagarbha Supersoul, enters into each and every universe and causes it to be animated by begetting the living entities within the womb of the material nature, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 14.3.
after each annihilation of the material creation, all the living entities are merged within the body of the Lord. And after creation, they are again impregnated within the material energy. In material existence, therefore, the material energy is seemingly the mother of the living entities, and the Lord is the Father. When, however, the animation takes place, the living entities revive their own natural activities under the spell of time and energy, and thus the varieties of living beings are manifested. The Lord, therefore, is ultimately the cause of all animation in the material world.